This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Old school death metal veterans memorium featuring Carl Willits, the voice of Bolt Thrower, are set to unleash their second album, The Silent Vigil, on Friday, March 23rd via Nuclear Blast Records. Featuring the singles Bleed the Same and Nothing Remains, the album's formidable artwork was created once again by Dan Seagrave. The Silent Vigil is available on various vinyl colors, CD, digipack, cassette, and t-shirt bundles exclusively at nuclearblast.com. Once again, guys, old school death metal, Memorium, Silent Vigil, out this Friday, March 23rd. Go right now, pick up your copy at nuclearblast.com. Evil meets evil again. Roll on your belly and stretch out like so. From visionary director Rob Zombie comes his most terrifying tale ever. Captain Spaulding. Goddamn motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. Funshine Bear. <laughs> I can't help it. You look ridiculous. Otis. You know, Hoss, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I could still smell your wife's pussy stink on my gun. Hope it doesn't rust the barrel. Hugs a lot. You just need to have patience. Zombie's wife with the annoying laugh. Hey, poopy pants. What's new? Huggy bear. Hey, 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 slow up, fellas. An iguana can lose his tail and grow it back. He regenerates. This one's going to be better than Lords of Salem. Hugs? Tugs? Does she like it when you puke? I mean, is that part of your deal? Care Bears versus the Devil's Rejects. In theaters now. Most of all, fuck you! It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody out there? I am your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... Brandon Gochan, how are you? And... Jocelyn Sharp. All right, guys. And this week, we get to talk to uh, Thomas Youngblood of Camelot, their new record, Shadow Theory, will be out April 6th. And we got some time before that to talk about the news, guys. The first story, uh, like our bit there that we kind of put together, was uh, Rob Zombie has announced a sequel to The Devil's Rejects. Everybody's ecstatic about that because The Devil's Rejects... Is 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 a is it's a great cult film. I mean, I, if you can call it a cult film, it's like one of the last uh, horror. Like I remember growing up, like Army of Darkness had this huge like cult following that, but it didn't do great in the theaters. And I feel the Devil's Rejects kind of has grown into that kind of like. Yeah, anything yeah. anything that you're gonna see somebody dress up at Comic Con, mm-hmm. like it's like then you got yeah. you got a good yeah. you, you did a good if thing. If there's costumes based on what you made, then then something happened there. And the Devil's Rejects was like the first time I saw a horror movie where I didn't know what to expect. Like there's a lot of formula that happens. You I know agree what I mean? with that actually because I remember like when uh, the House of a Thousand Corpses, I, which I enjoyed, but I also thought was mediocre right, it, right. It, didn't, it didn't stick with me as much when I found out when he was doing the sequel I was like alright what's gonna happen here and then that from the get go I was like wow he exceeded all expectations for me so now is he calling it a sequel or is it a prequel it is called that's it's a sequel to the uh, to the devil's rejects it is called three from hell now um, spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen this movie I think uh, I'm pretty sure they spoiled it in the article on metal sucks but they even talk about it the three do die at the end with that famous like Leonard Skinner like shoot up where they all get killed so 
The song's called Freebird, Pete. Yes, I and know. And that scene is dope. That's, it, it, the song is called Freebird. It is dope. If I leave here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember me, motherfucker? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. And so with that, you're right. Is it going to be like a uh, in-between story of like House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects? Because there, it does seem like two separate movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Evil yeah. Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 where it's like, it's almost like a remake of the original. Yeah. Or is he just going to kind of do that route again and well, remake it? Well, that was the one thing. Like in the first one, it's like, all right, it's all about this doctor and he does wacky shit to people. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, where's the doctor? Now all of a sudden these three fuck ups, they go out there on this murder spree. It's like. Yeah. So maybe this will be a seeing them with the doctor yeah. for once. Like maybe there'll be some kind of, you know, conjuncture that happens. Is that a word? I don't know. I might have made that. Yeah. Up. Like maybe they turn it. Maybe <laughs> they Conjuncture <laughs> is not a, is a word. I can vouch for yeah, that. Maybe what it turn, means. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they turn in their resignation to the doctor <laughs> and the doctor's like, all right, have, have a good one. Yeah, I, I do, what I hope for it is I hope that this is a universe binding thing. I hope that that's what it is because that's what I would really love to see. I hope that it's like a, a Jason character where they're just supernatural now and it's like they're dead, but they just come back from the dead and now oh, they're just Oh yeah, I'm super down for that too. They're just killing random yeah. people and like they and got their pubes and put and went to a voodoo priest and then oh some lizard tail and then brought them back to life or something. Why are pubes? I don't know. I I'm wondering about that pubes call too there. Yeah, but. it could be hair head. Head hair. Hair, hair head. Hair. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean in conjunction with like, you know, with conjunction arms. with hair head and pubes, you uh, could break someone's legal to in life. Nevada. Yes. I'm sorry. Like, sorry. My brain's uh, fried. Doing all day. <laughs> so you guys, you guys would be okay if they did like a Jason route. I would be super stoked on that. Really? that. That was like the first thing I thought is like, well, you know, Rob Zombie is never played by the rules. So why is it a rule that just because they died that they can't be see, back? I, I see. I, I don't. That. I don't like that at all because they weren't the Jason route ahead of time. Now there was no me- mention of an amulet. Or any kind of voodoo bullshit going on with that. them. Why are that. you stuck on voodoo? Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Okay. I, I'm just I, saying this didn't happen in New Orleans. Well, Why I, are you stuck on voodoo? I did say amulet. What so, Jason movie uh, did you watch? <laughs> well, okay. Remember when Jason died and then they ended up digging up his heart and then the heart ended up coming alive and crawling into people's mouths and then... And then all of a sudden, he like, only saw Jason goes to hell. Yeah. So everybody just ignore what he just <laughs> no, said. Yeah. It was stupid. There was eight before that. Yeah. But, but what the I'm point saying is, is, is like, but what I'm getting at is, okay, well then the, the first one, it was his mom. They didn't bring back the mom. They brought back the kid that was dead for all, forever. So it's like, all of a sudden the mom dies and the kid comes up from the lake. I mean, the whole idea is stupid for them to die to free bird a second time, but in a supernatural way. That'd be good, right? I would oh, love what it. they need to do, what, what I want to see if they the only way they the only way they bring it back to me is if they go as if the last scene is them dying, but to jukebox hero by foreigner. Oh, all right, that's wow. all I'm saying. <laughs> that's a that's, good call, yeah, actually. I, I, that's a different move. I'm into yeah. it. I don't want you jukebox hero. You just see explosions going out. Jukebox hero? Huh? Yeah, no, yeah. he sold nothing. Okay, no, man. no. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I actually... Got, I got really excited. I'm into it. I'm excited about this. Oh. I think it's going to be really, really good. Well, well, when you're a fan of horror, like, that's the thing. When you're a fan of horror films, like, they're never, like, great. You just want no. you just want to keep those stories alive. That's why there's nine saws. Exp- you know? Explaining it's, it that to people matter, so. is hard, because people want, just like Gooch is doing right now, they want the core to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. No. You if know what I want? It's not going to make sense. No. You know what right I want? What? Boners in the God damn it. <laughs> All right, that's what I want. Actually, I don't want that. Advice. I was going to say, you just revealed something new you know about what? yourself, Whoa, hey, uh, Pass me around <laughs> with your boner. 
not to change completely off topic and subject is because I got a lot of shit last week. I did watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone this week. <gasps> did you? So I know what you guys were talking about last week. Finally, just so you know. Finally. And I got the second one DVR. Now, just give me time. Oh, wow. Get through wow. You, so you are going to watch. So it's not like the first one was so bad. And the thing is, it was the first one was like the worst one. Yeah. The first one's it's just like. But a, it's a kid's movie. But then it gets more adult as it goes. All right. Whatever. It's it's that basic origin story where at the end I'm like, eh, it's okay. But it's not my thing. But I'm going to watch them because I'm tired of not understanding anybody's jokes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm tired of it. I'm glad. I'm tired of, I'm tired of looking at you guys with such conjecture in my face. Exactly. <laughs> Nucular. I said conjecture. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that I said conjuncture, not conjecture. Okay. Uh, see? 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 So. So anyways, when, when the three from Conjunction. hell. When the when the fr- <laughs> three, The three from hell come back from the Sorcerer's Stone, right? That right. can work. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Bring Get Harry Potter to bring back yes. the Devil's Rejects. Yes. Now you got to move. Yes. Yes. Now Jeez. Slytherin just That's, got way worse. I'm down with it because Daniel Radcliffe showed his dick on stage in England. So have him out. Dick out. He's got the Harry Potter Stone. She really took it somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know about this this England dick out thing. Yeah. But the, the point is, is that, that that sounds just as good as my character. Bear versus Devil's Rejects. Yes. Yeah. It sounds equally as good, probably produced better. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> fuck. Same, same thing. But that, and, uh, to be honest with you, I think Rob Zombie has been trying to get something like 31 or any of his movies to kind of catch on like The Devil's Rejects. And that's where I'm kind of like, eh. He's going. He's going overground. He's going backwards because he's just not getting like. Well, the steam, what happened was you know? he got the, when he got the steam because after Devil's Rejects, right? That's when mm-hmm. he put out the Halloween movies, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like he got this. He got the steam. Then all of a sudden, they handed him off one of the greatest movie franchises of all time, or actual, actual well, horror franchises of all time. Yeah. And let's face it, and he blew it. He blew it. Not the, I think. I think universally, like he blew that, that those Halloween movies. I mean, I know people like them. But like, I think I don't think I didn't like gonna, him anywhere near as the first. I don't think anybody first two. I didn't expect him to be good yeah. because you can't. Well, the way Rob Zombie movies work, you can't put a box around him and go, "Here's a universe already created." You right. know, like he's got to live inside someone else's yeah, universe. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't work. For you're him. right. We need somebody to write. Rob Zombie needs to write movies where you wear uh, jackets made out of your father's skin. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that type of stuff. Yes. Michael Myers doesn't do that. You're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, that's that happened in House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> edit. <laughs> nah, we're not editing. We're keeping it. We're rolling. So, um, the uh, but yeah, dude. The one thing about those Halloween movies I'll never forget is like that was the only movie I was like, all right, stop stabbing them because they would seriously have like thirty five stabs. Like, right. It was not. I was like, dude, it's too much. Anyways, moving on, dude. All excited about the movie. We're glad he's doing it. Um, there's really you know nothing else to say. If he blows it, does it even matter? No. no, no, because the Devil's Rejects is the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. So, and the other movies didn't matter either. So right. it's like whatever, you know. He blew, he blew it a lot. Okay, am I wrong? No, no. I mean, he, he to me, his his cinematic universe is his voice, and it's still original. I'm not saying it's, it's just not, not original. He just hasn't made. It's just not good. No, no. He, he here's the thing. He he just hasn't gotten outside of like his box. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's like a comfort zone. Like the dialogue's all the same. The characters are all the same. They're just kind of intertwined in their movie in the in different scenario and movies he's never really like let me try to do something different i guess you know and the devil's rejects is the epitome of what he's probably capable of doing yeah and he's never reached his characters have a real like texas middle of nowhere truck stop vibe well dude did you hear that they're going to be doing uh they're going to be remaking breaking bad and they're bringing back heisenberg you're making that up right yeah yes 100 percent 
Yeah, we were just talking about Jason Momoa being the crow just a minute ago. I'm into it. What? Because all girls like Jason Momoa. But like for me, I'm like, dude, I I just I think it's gonna be. And if you were a little golf girl, you wanted to you wanted to have the crow be your boyfriend. You wanted it, and now I get to have Jason Momoa be the crow. I'm so excited. Which one, Brandon Lee or Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi. Wasn't he in one of them? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. Bro, you're wrong. Look it Edward up. Furlong was one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Mabius was one. Dude, I know my movie shit. Don't even look it up. Yeah. Bon Jovi? No, bro. And then Vincent Perez was one. <laughs> who, who, where's this Bon Jovi Crow movie, bro? Vincent Perez. I didn't, say he, I didn't say he was the Crow. I think he was in one of the Crow movies. Bro, you're uh, wanted dead or alive. I think, right? Yeah, you're living on a prayer, brother. <laughs> bon Jovi ain't no Crow. You guys were halfway there. <laughs> we literally are halfway there. Jesus. We're 12 minutes in. <laughs> so moving on to the next story, a band that none of us are too familiar with, but I've heard of Crematoria or Crematory. Okay. Is a, it's a German band. They're kind of a goth metal band. But uh, the drummer, this is what he uh, posted on their Facebook post, um, urging fans to buy the new record and uh, pre-orders for the tour. The tour will only happen. This is a quote. The tour will only happen if you fans get off your lazy asses and start buying tickets for the announced shows. The pre-sales are horrible, and we will cancel the tour completely if the numbers don't increase radically. Jesus, Johnny Hold used on. to live on the dock. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're way past your Jovi Crow. The most important thing is that you buy our new CD and double vinyl edition, because when I look at our sales statistics, I could start throwing up. Okay, guys. God damn, he gives love a bad I name. Think that, I, think that, like, I think like department stores need to start like taking a cue from him and just bully people into buying just their products. Just bully people yeah. into buying tickets to their show. And I love that he forgot that you can literally lay on your back and barely move your hand and buy concert tickets. Yeah, 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 but nobody's doing that for his band. <laughs> right, right. I do. I'm gonna start doing that for my comedy shows, though. <laughs> you know what? What sucks is that in a way, he's like the fans that really do love his band. Are they gonna like double up and buy two tickets or like three oh, albums? They feel are they gonna bad. be like, oh, we gotta help him out because like nobody else is? <laughs> I, dude, I'll tell you right now, man. I, I, uh, I don't like his approach. No, I'm not into it. But, I'm um, not at all. Like, I'm not at all. Like, when I saw Machine Head, they weren't making any money on that tour. And he said that. But he wasn't like, so make sure you buy merch or anything. He right. was just like, yeah. he's like, we're here because we love you guys. And, like, that's a whole different kind of vibe. Well, there's nothing know? worse. Don't shame your fans. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they've already done enough for you. And then, look, if they can't make it, they'll be like, oh, get off your fucking ass. Well, then here's the question that you should ask yourself. If you're going to come at it like that, mm-hmm. okay, uh, then why haven't you put out music that puts the fans and puts asses in the seats? It's like, that's all I'm getting at. I mean, it's like part of it, like when you are an entertainer and you're not selling the tickets that you used to, part of that is on you. That's not on the, that's not all on the fans. Right. You know, I agree with that. And I also think that and I'm not blasting the guy's music or anything like that. But what I'm saying you're, is you're actually is, allowed to, I don't think we'll ever, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> but no, no, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to destroy, no, yeah. I'm not trying you're to destroy not, his art yeah. or whatever, but what I'm, I'm just saying like a part of that is on you. I 100% agree with because you. the fans could turn around and go, Oh yeah, motherfucker. Well, guess what? Your right. last two albums, I didn't really dig. And I'm granted, this is just me playing devil's advocate, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but when, if, but when an artist does something like that and attack, the people that are actually putting money in their pocket, you know, you're kind of you're biting the hand that feeds at that point, brother. And there's one way to look at it, and the other way is that he's just frustrated that people don't care. It's very and I can understand that. Twenty five years, I can understand that. Yeah, they've been around. So maybe just like, dude, we've been doing this forever. Like, by the way, Bon Jovi did audition to be in City of Angels. (laughs) So that's how I got screwed up. (laughs) So much. (laughs) That, that that does nothing for me. 
that you Googled and, and he auditioned to be in City of Angels. That's all I'm going to say. The point is... Pete, I want to lay you down on a bed of roses. Dude, I, this, is, I, this is over. Yep. Make him stop. I can't. Jocelyn, I, I have no control over him. Bon I have no control. You realize... I, I'm, listen, last week, I, I went and watched a Harry Potter movie because you guys shamed me for not knowing what Slytherins are, okay? I am not going to go listen to Bon Jovi because you're shaming me. What are you farting over? He's holding back his Bon Jovi references. It's my life. It's now or never. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid, man. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to someone who did not audition for the Crow City of Angels. Let me look. I got Google right here. Uh, (laughs) Clown from Slipknot is doing a solo show. This leaves a lot of speculation because we all know his his instrument uh, on Slipknot is kegs. You know, right. things like that. So he is a drummer, okay? Um, so he's had two other bands. But um, what do you think? He, he's obviously not going to play Slipknot songs. I would well, I mean, be amazed. Is that keep obvious? In mind, well, keep in to mind, me, it's pretty obvious. Well, keep in mind, Sid, the DJ, he goes out in there and does, like, DJ shit. He goes by DJ Starscream. Yes, so he does stuff a, like that. But again, these guys. And Corey Taylor do, goes out and does, like, this Stone Sour. Yeah, he right? does it like Stone Sour. But, but it's not Slipknot. Well, Scott Ian goes out there. When he gets hired, Scott Ian and Tom Morello, like, they'll pay those guys. Like thousands of dollars, just grab their laptop and hit space, his space bar, and then play music. So it could be one of those things too. It could be a live DJ set. It, I mean, that is a thing now. That that could be. I don't disagree that he might be doing the DJ thing, but that would be like, would that not be disappointing? Shouldn't it be yes, DJ it Clown? Be, yes, it would be disappointing. It would be DJ Clown. But it would I, say I, like I, I'd watch him play drums for a while. Well, I'm sure you know I I would. Well, you could also do what Travis Barker does. Now Travis Barker, the drummer for Blink 182, not metal. But what I'm saying is, is you. Haven't said one metal thing this entire fucking show. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just yeah. stick with your Bon Jovi and your yeah, Travis exactly. Barker. Keep going. <laughs> I'm wanted dead or alive. <laughs> You're stupid. I'm on my steel horse. I'm gonna take the AM the AM radio button out of your truck. <laughs> Dude, that's the is that no, the song but, from Young Guns 2? That's the yes. only one I know. No, it's Blaze of Glory. Blaze no, of Glory. You, you said it wrong. Blaze of Glory, Sorry. yes, I did. Dead or alive is anyway though. Yeah. Uh the, 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 the what I was trying to bring up though your, is your favorite uh, band Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. No, Travis Barker. What he does is he goes up in there with like one of these major huge DJs in Vegas. Okay, yeah, and that's where you know we, we see all these billboards and stuff. And what he'll do is he'll grab his drum set and play to them DJing. So it's like you're getting the feeling of the live drums with that s- shitty music in the background. I mean, it could but, be I mean, something like that. What if he goes out there and they're just like, hey, you're Slipknot, and then he goes out there with his oil cans and just, uh, or, you know, and just beats the shit out of them. But when they do that in Vegas, like Burton C. Bell from Fear Factory did, it says a DJ set by Burton C. Bell. Right. See what I'm saying? It doesn't say a DJ set well, it by doesn't say DJ. Slipknot. It doesn't say DJ set by Travis Barker, though. I mean, he goes out there with his drums and goes out there and beats the shit out of them to the music that's playing. So, I mean, it's like... It, I don't know why I give no shits about what Travis Barker's I, doing. I'm tell, no, you're asking what it could possibly be, and I'm telling you what it could possibly be. So he might have uh, DJ Starscream, like, with Clown. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. But that's not what's being promoted. All right. Well, then well, maybe... Well, there's no mention. It's not like... They're not alluding to original music. There's nope. nothing. It's like a big mystery. So one of my yeah. favorite my favorite parts of every Machine Head concert is the drum solo. It's my favorite. Mm. So I'm down. Mm. I enjoy the drums. He's got to have a. I band. just want to. You think you're not into it? No. <laughs> no, no. A drum solo for what? Thirty minutes? Yeah, no. I'm into it. No. Well, I'm I mean, what if he goes out there? And, and I'll he tell does. you something right now. Clown, clown's not going to. Well, clown also. No. He's not. Clown gonna, also he's not the writes, thirty minute drum solo guy. Clown also does write some of the music though, so it's like I'm sure that maybe he might go out there maybe with a it's guitar. Original. He might go out there with a guitar and, and and belt out some Bon Jovi tunes. Oh my god. 
And some Blink-182 covers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All oh the small God. things. Is this the new clown? I, I need to fire myself. <laughs> Let you guys do this for a while. Somebody teach me how to say nuclear. Let me move yeah. on. <laughs> I nuclear. still can't. Find, I, I, I sat in the mirror for like 10 minutes looking at this thing. Say nuclear. 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 There you go. All right, I'll work on it later. <laughs> Anyways, let's not talk about nuclear. That's an inside joke. <laughs> you guys don't even need to know. <laughs> this April, Blacklight Media Records will release Go Zoo's new album, Equilibrium. And I said that right, Equilibrium. With roots in 60s psychedelia and classic rock, the fuzzy stoner riffs of the 70s, the grit of 90s grudge, and the winning dirty rock and roll that has in recent years made a resurgence, Go Zoo has been churning out killer records since 2009. Equilibrium is certainly the catchiest and most instant music drop by the quartet embracing their love of pop music, but without compromising on any of the other vital elements of their sound. You get out there, pre-order the album now at www.blacklightmediarecords.com slash gozu. Once, once again, www.blacklightmediarecords.com slash gozu. And with that, guys, very excited. Let's get to my interview here with Thomas Youngblood of Camelot. Everybody hates better. Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got Thomas Youngblood from Camelot. We are here to talk about new record, The Shadow Theory, which is coming out April 6th. Um, how are you doing this morning, Thomas? Doing excellent. How are you, Peter? It's all, all good here in Florida. Weather's good, so um, can't complain. Uh, excellent, man. So I love talking about concepts when it comes to records, like the ideas behind them. And now let's get into the concept of the new record, The Shadow Theory. Um, a quote by uh, Carl Jung. Um, who is the founder of analytical psychology, uh, is everyone carries a shadow, and the less it embodies, the blacker it is. What does that quote mean to you? Well, that really hit me when I, when I read that, and I have been looking for different ideas that I wanted to kind of work with on this record. Um, we knew we wanted to kind of stay in that, in the little bit in the Haven era in terms of this dystopic kind of feel, but we wanted to bring a little bit more psychology into it. And when I, when I did a little bit of research and I read that, I knew that that was the right kind of approach for us. Um, and it kind of resonates with, with everybody. I mean, everybody has this little thing about them that they either know or they don't know, or, or if they do know about it, they never really address it. And it was the right time for Camelot to kind of include that into what we were doing, you know. And with the, did, by the chance, just on a side note, did you ever see the uh, A Dangerous Method, the film that Cronenberg did with uh, Carl Jung and um, Sigmund Freud? Did you ever see that? No, I got I got to see that. Is it cool? Is really cool, man. It's I love that movie, and that was actually the thing that got me to study more of the like the Carl Jung stuff. This is probably in 2011. It's with the. Uh, Viggo Mortensen and Michael Fassbender, but yeah, it's a great. It just oh. shows their relationship, Freud and Jung. Anyway, oh, that's great. I'm a, I'm a big Viggo fan too, so that's going to be. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you, you'll love it. And um, Cronenberg, you know, he's he's a uh, to me, he's he's like a flawless director. So, but with your concept on the Shadow Theory, you, you broke it down when I got the press release in three pillars. And the first concept was uh, the Shadow Empire, which represents the global mind. So tell us about the concept of or theory of the global mind. Well, for us, the, the, the Shadow Empire is this upper echelon of, of society that kind of makes all these decisions for all the ham and eggers like us, you know, that these like uh, super, super rich people that basically control governments, control everything. And um, so that was kind of our thinking what the Shadow Empire is. And then you have like the Shadow Key, which 
for us is the resistance against, you know, this kind of uh, system that sort of makes us feel a little bit um, complacent in some in some aspects, but also kind of servitude to to either debt to the banks and all these kind of things. You know, it can get kind of deep. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep for, for people, but um, so those were that was two of the uh, the aspects. And then we have the uh, what we call the shadow wall, which is that smoke screen that's kind of thrown up in front of us to kind of um, make us ignore what is really happening and. And that upper echelon, that that shadow empire, uh, whether it be distractions of war or divisions with, between religion, um, you know, one can even argue like social media is a, is another just distraction from from uh, what's going on in the world. And that this record to me, like the concept, like you just described it with those three pillars, is very now. Where um, previous records like Silverthorn and Haven, did you feel that they were immediate as well as far as like what's happening in real life? Well, definitely Haven. I mean, yeah. Silverthorn was definitely a period piece, of, you know, more like in the 1800s. But with Haven, we, we, we wanted to step in, to be a little bit more modern. And then with this record, we wanted to take it to, um, you know, today and, and beyond. I mean, uh, the, the cover definitely has more of an AI kind of feel to it. And, mm-hmm kind of inspired by Ghost in the Shell and, and movies like this that um, we talk about like uh, transference of the conscious into AI, these kind of things. And and, and I've been having like a kind of a sci-fi kick over the past few years. And, um, you know, I'm into movies like uh, The Island and Gattaca and, and Ghost in the Shell, these kind of things really I find uh, fascinating when you start thinking about... Um, what's what's possible in the future and it's just uh, i just i thought it was cool to be able to kind of include that and i actually have conversations all the time on the show of how fiction seems more um more like reality than truth does you know for a lot of people so when you do talk about like the science fiction things when you look at them you're like it seems like they're the message there is is more real than what I'm seeing like on a TV screen from the media or from checking social media and all those things. Like the, the story seems to be more relatable. Uh, do you, do you feel that as well, that there is more truth in fiction a lot of times these days? Well, a lot of times those, um, those writers and directors, they address issues that a lot of people are afraid to address. And maybe that's why when, what you're saying, you know, like when you see something and, and, and it definitely resonates with, what you think is really going on. I think that they have that freedom and that, um, you know, the ability to kind of address issues in an artistic way that maybe politics never goes to, you know? Yes. Honesty can be told in uh, exactly like a different format and, yeah. and, and be sold with, and with people thinking, which that's why I, this record, I feel like you have that approach with it in a lot of ways. Like I feel so much of the truth and honesty when I'm listening to it, like to, to pick out a track from, from my end, like the, the closing track, um, the proud and the broken, it's like my new favorite track of your guys. I can't stop listening to it, but it leaves the record like really pissed off and angry. Is that Mm. on purpose or am I off base there? Well, I mean, uh, uh, thanks for mentioning that song. I mean, that was, um, it was a two, it's a two part song that, uh, we kind of, um, we worked on really hard, and the guys, like, um, Oliver and I did most of the music, but then Sasha and Tommy, uh, our singer and producer, they worked on all these different details that were just, like, when I got the 
the demos back from them on the vocal tracks, I was like, wow, this is really special, guys, you know? And um, we tried to mix a little bit of this Eastern Eastern Europe kind of feel to that to that song, so um, that might be something you're hearing too, and in, in this sort of uh, sort of a sad kind of feel to it, but it's still really heavy and uplifting. And you know, we want to just with every record, we want to take the fans on a ride, you know, and um, we want to have roller coaster of, of emotions and a cinematic kind of feel to to the record, and we were able to do that again with this one. A real, a real quick uh, touch base on, on because Lauren Hart uh, from Once Human, she does do a couple tracks on this record. But I remember, uh, I want to say it was last year when Iron Maiden came out to San Bernardino. You guys did perform with them, and that was was that her first time on stage with you guys? Yeah, that's how we that's how we got to. I mean, she was a little bit on my radar already because she was in the press. You know, she was on the cover of Revolver, and so I, I was checking her out in terms of like. Uh, female talent because I'm always on the on the lookout with with every tour and with every record and so she was already kind of on my radar but then um, our good friend Cobra Page uh, from Cobra and the Lotus was um, going to be appearing with us uh, with the Iron Maiden show and she said she knew Lauren she's like hey you want to have Lauren join us I'm like yeah definitely um, so we met her and she's super cool and she kicked ass on stage and we're like you know then you know then the the uh, the mind starts starts clicking and I'm like okay let's let's have her on the record and she did a killer job I mean the she's on the song uh, Phantom Divine and Mindfall Remedy and uh, I think the fans are going to really love her part on on this record and um she's also going to be with us on the North American tour which is going to be cool oh that's the second part question but I, yeah Mindfall <laughs> Remedy that was the second I was like is she going to join the tour but um Mindfall Remedy like her growls when they come in it just like it's the goosebump stuff on that track yeah, yeah you know um and uh yeah it's it's a it's a it's a great song and um but that was can you imagine like i know i know that this all happened in real life but can you imagine just being lauren and being like hey do you want to come do a show with camelot uh, we were performing iron maiden in a stadium first show like the <laughs> nerves like that she probably had like, like like i want this phone call but wow we're starting strong right. here like you can't mess up there right <laughs> so but um, yeah uh, uh, yeah but you know it was the, the the maiden fans are really cool for camelot i mean a lot of oh, uh, yeah. bands are like oh you don't want to open up for maiden but we've we've done four shows with them and the maiden fans have always dug up what we're doing and um you know we, there was even some uh, some audio issues and, and they were still super cool about it and um but yeah she she stepped up on stage and just crushed it so i was like yeah this this girl's got got the stuff you know yeah i think i think it would be a great package for you guys to do like a north american tour with them like i, I saw them when there were ghosts that was the same tour cycle i believe when they did ghost out here in vegas and then they did they were with megadeth the time before yeah everybody was fine with megadeth yeah but you're right uh it's, it's got to be hard to open for any of those like um iconic bands that people are just there for you know yeah yeah i mean but it, it but like i said it it was our fourth time doing a just a one-off with uh, Maiden, and the fans have been always killer for us. So we look forward to one day doing it, doing it again. Oh man, I, that's that's excellent. So uh, let me touch base on a story just to to move topic. Like there, I wanted to talk to you about this story a few years ago when the Summer Olympics happened, and uh, okay. J- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Japan did a synchronized swimming performance to to Camelot songs, and um, did you ever think you would make it to the Olympics? <laughs> not not in that way maybe uh maybe maybe uh in track or something but not, <laughs> not like that you know um yeah we some a fan sent us the the link and i was like is this real you know because 
a lot of times people will sync up stuff, but I mean, obviously it's synchronized swimming, so you can't really, uh, you can't really fake that. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, we had spoken to the team a little bit after that and, and they were really honored to be able to use our music. And I was like, Hey, we're, we're honored, you know? And cause they were, I think they were, it was in the world championships too, that they used it. Um, you know, uh, so we, you know, that those kind of things are always nice surprises in this in this crazy career, you know. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Now, the second part of the question would be, who do you cheer for in that situation? Are you cheering for USA still, or are you like, I'm going with Japan? <laughs> this is a, this is you know, it's a tough this is a tough call here. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, I love Japan. We, we love the fans there. I love going there. I could actually live there. So uh, that's a fifty-fifty on there. I think maybe since they're using Camelot. And if they win, you know, it gets a little bit more uh, acknowledgement. I have to maybe pick Japan in that situation. But if it's soccer or other sports, I'm going for the U.S. You know? Totally. No, I think you have to pick Japan. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to they're gonna play the songs. And synchronized swimming, man, is, is one of those events. Just like curling was at this Winter Olympics where you're like, eh, <laughs> on paper you don't really care. But then, like, it sucks you in. Like, synchronized swimming. Like those Buzz, yeah. Busby Berkeley musicals back in the day when they did all those things. It's just like next level. So to, to do it to your music, like that's, that's just huge. But so you got to share for them. That's for, that's for sure, man. So, yeah, that was, it was cool. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a Greco-Roman wrestling or anything <laughs> macho, but it was still pretty cool, though. Now, the next question I got for you, it's a little selfish on my end here, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I got you on the phone. Now, you guys have vocal talent on your records throughout your your career pretty much 25 years you know the one guy that i've always wanted on a camelot record is former iced earth vocalist matt barlow was there ever a chance for matt barlow to get on one of your records <laughs> um i haven't really thought about it to be honest you know um i was obviously i i know knew about iced earth also because they were kind of from tampa mm-hmm. where we're from but that's definitely something to check out. I'll I'll, uh, I'll check into that. So you're a big Matt Barlow fan. Huge Barlow fan. Now, I love Ice Earth, don't get me wrong. But Matt Barlow is, to me, like as far as like if you go to power metal vocalists from like this side, of, you know, from America, that guy is, is, mm. is the best to me. Always, always has been. But also this is, he's, I got to tell you, like Ice Earth is what got me into power metal when I was growing up too, though. Because, gotcha. you know, it was one of those things where I, I mean, had made in and, and priest and like the classics but then like when i got my first uh night of the storm rider and then Bar- barlow's not even on that record so but uh that's what got me like whoa but alive or athens was like my my live like that was my favorite thing ever like that's my kiss alive if i may you know like for my gotcha, gotcha, cool. <laughs> but I, I definitely gotta check i gotta check into that i gotta listen, go back and listen a little bit we're actually iced earth and camelot are on a very obscure cassette from way back in the day so that's a little Fun fact for anybody out there listening that's uh, interested in, <laughs> in that, because um, we we did a compilation with um, some of the local metal bands through um, the guy, the old bass player Sabotage put this together, uh, Keith Collins. Oh. So uh, there's a there's a rare cassette floating around somewhere out there that has a, a lot of different Tampa Bay bands and, and Camelot and Ice Earth are on that. Wow! See, I had no idea about that. And I, after this interview, you're going to see somebody's going to take Tommy and Matt Barlow, and they're just going to like mash up the songs, and they're going to be singing at each other. And you're going to be like, "No, I need to put this on a record." 
Yeah. I want to hear that. Someone will do that. that. I know it out there. Someone out there, do that now for me. Send a link. Right. So, right, cool. So, uh, anyways, and then also you guys talking about live uh, DVDs. You, you do have one set up for this uh, coming up tour uh, in the Netherlands. I believe <clears> September 14th is when you guys are going to be shooting a live DVD. Uh, do you plan on releasing that on, on CD as well, or is it just going to be like a DVD performance? Yeah, that's going to be um, DVD, Blu-ray, and CD. Nice. And we're, the production is going to be sick. We're planning. The venue is the O13, and they actually expanded the size of it um, about a year ago. So um, we're super excited about it. Tickets are almost. It's a, It's it's well over like seventy five percent sold already on the on the show, and it's not until September. So we're excited that it's going to be like completely slammed in there, and then we're going to do our biggest stage production ever with pyros, and we'll have obviously we'll have special guests that. That we feel um, are important to to what's happening with Camelot now and in the future, and we're going to also take cameras with us to London, Paris, Oslo, Japan. So it's going to be like a traditional uh, DVD uh, release with the, the full concert, but we, we want to make it kind of like a movie. I, I really am inspired by some of these like '70s and the '60s and '70s kind of documentaries where you see bands like the Beatles and where there's cameras following around and I really want to have that kind of vibe too with the, the bonus material for this thing. Uh, flight of like Maiden did the same. They, they did one similar and it worked out really well. I was like flight of, I want to say it was flight of six, six, six a couple years back. Yeah. Yeah. That was done by some guy, the guys in Canada. That was, that was um, uh, really, they were actually when we did one of the shows with them in South America, Yeah, those guys were, were, were that was part of the one their DVD show. So I got to meet those guys from, um, I think it's Banger Films or something. Yes, but, yes, those uh, those dudes. Yeah, yeah, but it, it you know obviously we don't have a seven forty seven to fly yeah. us around, but we want <laughs> we want to try to capture a little bit of the vibe that that um, maybe fans don't get to see all the time. You know, whether it's um, backstage, I really want to have a guy in the corner of the room that's you know we hopefully at some point we forget he's there and you know he kind of chronicles some of the stuff that's going on. You know, yeah, and for like American audiences, for me. Like when I see the DVDs from these places that, you know, if I'm lucky, I get to set foot in like Japan or like you were saying, like even the Netherlands, like it just, it it really encompasses my whole surroundings and it's like a special thing to me, you know? So, um, and then obviously for people from the Netherlands to be like, that, that was the show I was at. That's even special. So I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the DVDs that are, um, you know, production values put into and all that stuff because that is truly a timestamp. You know that absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a like you said, it's a timestamp. It's a, it's basically like a call. You know, your your calling card for what you do live. And um, we, we're also gonna because the North American tour is coming up in April mm-hmm. and May, and some of the biggest shows that that, we, that Camelot does now is now in North America, which is really really awesome. So we're gonna have cameras at the Orlando show, probably Anaheim, uh, New York. Um, you know, it's going to be that's going to be a little bit smaller crew, but we're going to we really want to chronicle the the shows where the the, the fan base is 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 full, is full and, and they're supportive. Um, and one of the thing about about the Netherlands, we've been playing headliner shows there probably for twelve years, and literally every show has been sold out. So it, it's um, definitely a testament to the to the fans there. We want to definitely. Re- "Quote unquote," reward them with making the show there because I mean uh, they're rewarding us in the end, but th- that's where we want to do it. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah. And yeah, like you mentioned the tour, uh, D-Lane and Battle Beast is, is going to be on tour with you starting April 16th. Everybody go to Camelot.com for tickets and dates. But the North American term is starting. So you're going to start off in North America. Um, and when you guys do, usually from, from my experience, your set list is a lot of the new material primarily sometimes, right? We usually do at least three to four songs from the new album. And then we kind of um, will pull in you know songs from the past. I mean... Um, it's super important for us to always play new, new material. I mean, that's why we do this. We're not a, a nostalgia band where no, <laughs> we're just playing, playing songs from, uh, 15 years ago. I mean, it, um, and we work, work really hard at making sure every record has relevance and, um, it's going to give the fans something new to hear. Um, so yeah, it's, it's minimum three to four on, on the first cycle. And then we usually add a couple more later. Yeah, and that's important for me. I always, I always talk to people about that. I'm like, I remember the tour because of the songs they, pl- you guys play, you know. So mm-hmm. if, if everything's off Ghost Opera, and I see in 2018, I'm gonna be like, uh, what album cycle was that? I won't remember. <laughs> you know, that's it's it's, exactly, it's important yeah. for our minds too to be like, oh yeah, that's where they played, the proud and the broken. See, that's that's me hoping that you guys will play that. Song. <laughs> I don't know if you will, but <laughs> so so anyways, yeah, but, it drives me crazy when I see bands that have been around more than 10 years and they they basically. No, no, they don't play, or they might play one new song, but it's like, why? What are you doing? You know, um, don't you have enough confidence in what you're doing now that you can't play more than that? So, um, and that's been, you know, that's been something that's been really important to us, and also the longevity of the band is to continue to move forward, not live in the past. You know, exactly. And with metal bands and, and certain genres, I think that that is. I've I've heard bands say, "No, we're just going to play the hits." Listen, ACDC has hits. You know what I'm saying? I know that there's people that are more familiar with certain songs, but like yeah. your fans should be like now, you know. And and let's right. let's play as much like when Maiden comes out and they play the majority of like the Book of Souls in this last tour. I love yeah. that, and I have friends that complain. <laughs> like, but I don't care, man. I'm here to see the Book of Souls tour. I'm with you, man. I like that. And I, when I see the Shadow Tour Theory tour, that's the same way. I want I want to hear these new songs, man. Because, like you yeah. said, they're they're strong. They're good. They're relevant. You're not a nostalgia band, you know. And you know the thing is, like, we have a lot of every, with the, every record. There's there's a, a whole new um, fan base. I mean, the band is still is still growing. So, you know, we we have a fans that are from like the fourth legacy era, for example. And they're like, please play the fourth legacy. And, mm. and we tried to play that one time. And like, literally there was like eight dudes in the front that knew it. And the rest of the crowd were like, what song is that? You know? Mm-hmm. So that's also something that, that we're conscious of that with each record, there's a whole new batch of fans that have never heard of the band and they are there to hear the new album. And then they're, they're going to hear old stuff too. But you know, but the majority of people there want to hear what's, what's, what's happening now, you know? Oh yeah, man. And the new stuff live, uh, from from my experience again, but I am a little biased because you just heard my opinion. The power and the 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 band looks like they're more into it. Like it just it just seems like so much. Uh, the the songs just kind of stick with you more after you see them live. You know what I'm saying? So when bands ignore those records or ignore the new new albums, to me, man, you, you don't have that same. I don't know. Power is the word I keep coming to, but <laughs> right. yeah, I think I think it shows a lack of confidence in in yeah. what you do now, and you feel like you have to go back to the to the well. And I mean, we do we do play you know songs like March of Mephisto and um, 
you know, forever songs like that, that, that fans kind of expect. But, um, it, it, like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, there, there's just a, t a whole new batch of fans with each record and you got to make sure that you understand that and you cultivate that. And, um, that's what we do. And then, like I said, your, your tour starts on April 16th with D Lane and, um, battle beast. Now, when you're looking for bands to support, um, do you try to ever get a band in there that might be like, uh, out of, I guess the genre, like, would you ever bring like a, I don't, I don't know, like a hardcore band or like a, a almost a death metal band with you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, a good example would be the tour we did. Um, I think it was maybe like six years ago. With um, we had the Agonist as one of the openers. Oh yeah, and and that's when that's where I met Alyssa, and um, and I totally remember seeing her, you know, watching the Camelot show and. At the time, you know, the Agonist was getting a name out, but they weren't really that well known. At least, um, and then I was thinking, like this, this girl is super special. I mean, she's going to be, she's going to be a star, you know. And then, um, you know, now you can see what's happened with her career over the years. It's been, it's just skyrocketed. So yeah, it was cool having them as a, as a. They were totally different to, to Camelot. I mean, you had this different approach musically and also the vocals and. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always open for doing that. On this tour, um, you know, we had toured with Delane before and in Europe and the U.S., and it's a really good package for the fans. And then uh, having Battle Beast is really a cool band that kind of mixes a little bit of that 80s, 90s with, uh, what's, with what's happening today. And um, Nora is, like, just an amazing vocalist, too. So it's, it's going to be a fun show, I think. And it's, fun, it's funny that you brought that up because uh... – one one of my good friends, uh, Denny here. He went to that show in Arizona. It was it was Epica. You guys in the Agonist, correct? It was at the tour. Was it? Uh, maybe. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember who the other bands were. I do remember the, the Agonist. But. And he took a picture with the list at, at like the booth. But then he's like, "You got to hear this band, the Agonist." And that's how I actually discovered him. Was th from him going to that show with you guys. So yeah. it's hilarious that it's like, yeah, the, the example you used was the exact example of my, you know, me knowing who Alyssa was. And that was on that tour. And that's 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 crazy. And I think yeah, the, cool. the, the only reason I think it was that because I remember he had a picture, I think, with Simone and, and it's like he wouldn't take it off his Facebook. I think it's still up there right now. OK, cool. <laughs> or I think he's got one with Eliza uh, from uh, Amaranth. That's what it is. I'm sorry. He's got one with uh, her and Cobra. He, he, he met up with them somewhere but anyways gotcha. to the next one he's yeah. gonna be so happy i brought up his facebook <laughs> so, that's, that's cool. <laughs> so uh recently like, like to get to when you're in a band for 25 years members do uh -huh. depart you know it's it's gonna be a normal thing recently uh casey grillo did uh recently depart the band and he's been torn with Queensryche for a while uh now and um when something like that happens does, does that shake up the band or is it just what's best for everyone no, it's it's a really simple. I mean, Casey's been with us for you know twenty years, yeah. and he's a he's our friend really before our colleague, and um, he's been super busy with with Queens Right, but also he has his own uh, company, uh, Drum Static, so he's he's needing to put a lot more time to that. And you know, I'm like, dude, you don't owe us anything. You've been here doing this for for twenty years, and the, the fans will understand. And so yeah, I mean, it was really. Not, not a difficult transition for us. I mean, we, we knew Johan. He um, is the new drummer, and he had toured with us with Firewind, and then he also was the drum tech for Casey for the European tour. So um, we knew how he was as a person in terms of uh, touring. We knew how he was as a player because we had seen him on several tours. So, it, I mean, it's 
it's for for us it's like a, a seamless transition. Um, you know, I know fans are going to miss Casey, and and we'll miss him. But the, you know, that's that's life. That's how things happen. You know. It's weird because like when you open a booklet and you just memorize the names and then you open the booklet and the name changes. It's weird. I know that's just a strange thing for like us fans, but I'm like, oh, the names changed, you know, like and, yeah. and then you like kind of do the research. And like you said, Casey's been for me, the first record I got was uh, was at uh, Epica. So from me going okay. forward there, it's always been him, you know. And, um, so it was, it was like one of those things where I'm like, oh man, but then you see everybody's doing well. So you're not, you know, you're not too upset. Was there ever a change? Like maybe when Roy left or anything like that, that was maybe scary for you to be like, Hey, I don't know if we can continue or were you guys always like, no, we can always make this work. Yeah. I mean, we have a kind of a can do attitude at least, um, you know, obviously changing a singer is different than anybody else in a band. I mean, that's um, and we knew with that with that change that when uh, Casey spoke to us that we we should be okay. It doesn't diminish his his role at all. But changing a singer obviously is the probably the most difficult. Um, even though bands like Black Sabbath and Van Halen, ACDC, all these bands have changed singers, mm-hmm. it still seems to be this kind of stigma. And you know, it's it all has to do with how you you kind of um, come out after that change and. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. If you're lucky enough to be around for more than 10 years, you're going to have member changes. And so we're, we're, we're in that camp, you know? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it, when it works, it's so awesome for us fans. Like I remember I didn't know who seventh wonder was. And then when I heard Tommy was the new singer, I went and got a record and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Right. So it, it gets you kind of reinvigorated as well as a fan, you know, cause like from poetry to the poison to Silverthorne. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, um, after we made this, this recent change, it's like, we've got the, all these offers for festivals and it's, it's almost like it's a news story. So it, it almost brings the, the band back out to a different, a new cycle it's really strange the way that works and oh, yeah. and now we have all these different uh festival offers and it's um you know it's it's a it's a weird kind of dynamic when you do that but it's also sometimes it's like extra promotion totally makes sense but then when it works man it's just the best thing ever and not to like i just brought up matt barlow like Stu block for iced earth worked so well as well so you never know it's just always that fear and then everybody's got the microscope on you guys to make sure you know like the next song out is <laughs> is uh, is right on there so man i gotta tell you uh thomas um i it's a fantastic talk, man. I've been a fan for a lot of years, so I'm I'm really excited about the new record, The Shadow Theory. I've been listening to it on my uh, my streaming uh, thing that you guys sent me, and uh, I got to tell fans this is gonna be just way up there, just like you guys have been. The last three have been with Tommy have been just pretty much flawless to me. You know, just great records awesome. back to back to back, and um, this one. If anybody can get out there, uh, April sixth, pick up your copies, guys, and you just wait till you get to the proud and the broken. That song's gonna make you very happy <laughs> at the end there. That's that's the way to end it. So and uh, catch them on awesome. tour, guys, right now or, or not right now, but April sixteenth, they're going out with D Lane Battle Beast. Lauren Hart will be joining them, correct? Correct. Yes. And she's <laughs> and I've seen once human, and I'm telling you, she's a great presence on stage and just gonna add so much to the show. So Definitely. Thomas, man, I want to thank you. Uh, very much for calling into the metal sucks podcast thank you it was my pleasure and just uh can't wait to see everybody on the tour um you can pre-order the new album right now too i think there's an instant gratification single if you do that and 
yeah man just uh thanks for the vine and i can't wait to uh see all you guys on tour
doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. All right, guys, and we are back. Uh, First song you heard is off of the new record, Shadow Theory, which is out April 6th by Camelot. That is the, the first single, Raven Light. And the second song you heard, guys, is from a band, uh, as he mentioned, Cobra Page does tour with them. Her band, Cobra and the Lotus, uh, their sequel to Prevail 1, Prevail 2, will be coming out April 27th. And the track you heard off that is Losing My Humanity. So, And uh, that does it this week for the Metal Sucks podcast. I apologize to everybody for Brandon's Bon Jovi. And what are you talking about, Pete? Talk. Pete, your love is like bad medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy you a Bon Jovi shirt and make you wear it every day as punishment. Mm, yeah. You got to wear your shame, bitch. Yeah, look, I'm slippery when wet. I hate you. That's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Cut it off right now. Okay, see you guys next week. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.